The following message was recorded at Christ Church in Bartlett, Tennessee. For more information about Christ Church, visit www.ccbartlett.org. As, uh, as, as we finish out this morning, would you guys just read a psalm with me? Peter told me what this was going to be about. It's called Help Us on the Way. And this psalm came to mind. I'd like to read it with you. Psalm 22. If you have a Bible, turn to Psalm 22. If you don't, uh, there should be some Bibles underneath your chairs. You can pull them out there. Uh, Psalm 22. Again, if you don't have a Bible, that chair, the, the Bible under your chair is yours now. Okay, that's yours. We don't want it. All right, you touched it. It's yours. Okay, so keep that. Take it with you. I, I just want to read Psalm 22 because, you know, as, as, we, as we heard this morning and the songs that, that we were singing this morning, it... Um, I, I want to look at a real-life example of this. I want to see an example of someone going through all of the range of emotions that we sang about today, all the circumstances, and it's right here in Psalm 22. If I had to title this psalm, by the way, I, I might call it God on Trial, right? And what's he on trial for is, is will he be faithful? This is written by David, and, and at this time, David's probably on the run from Saul, okay? So he's been anointed king. You're going to be king one day, but the current king is like, no, 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 not if I have anything to say about it. I'm coming after you. And so he's on the run, running for his life here. Would you read this with me? Beginning in verse one. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night I find no rest. Have you been there? Are you there now? Where you say, my God, I cry by day, but I don't hear you. And I'm, I'm crying every night. I have no rest. Right? Maybe that's you. Maybe where you're exactly where David was. And David says this. He says, I'm crying every day, but I don't hear you. And then he says this, verse 3. Yet you're holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel, and you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. And you they, were, they trusted and were not put to shame. He's saying, look, I, I, I'm not hearing you, but, but this isn't you. I know you're faithful. My fathers trusted you and you rescued them. Israel trusted you and you rescued them. But then he keeps going. Look at verse 9 or verse 6. But I'm a worm and not a man, scorned by mankind, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. They say, he trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. He's saying, look, I know you're faithful, but look at me. I'm a worm. My fathers, they trusted you. You delivered them. But look at me. I'm crushed here. I'm mocked by my own people. I'm ostracized. People look at me and they say, hey, if you really believe in God so much, why didn't he come save you, right? Let him save you if you delight in him. So, so he's saying, look, not only am I mocked, but they mock you, you know? So maybe, you know what? Maybe I even deserve the situation that I'm in, but surely you don't deserve being mocked. You are, you are righteous. You're holy. So this is unjust what is happening, God. Do you feel that way? Have you been there? Are you there now? You might say something like that. This isn't right. What's happening to me, what I'm experiencing, it's just not right. So then David continues in verse 9. He says, yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you was I cast from my birth. And from my mother's womb, you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near and there's none to help. He's saying this, look, I've followed you since my mother's womb. If anyone, if anyone possibly on this planet can shout out and demand you being faithful, it's me. 
I've followed you my whole life, all right? From my mother's womb, you made me yours. I am yours, right? So if anyone can ask where you are, if anyone can ask what's up, it's me. And I'm asking it. What is going on? And then he continues on. He says, verse 12, Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. Verse 14, I'm poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It's melted within my breast. My strength is dried up like a potsherd. My tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. It's another way of saying this. He's saying, I'm spent. I'm exhausted. I'm in constant pain. I'm heartbroken. My heart melts. I'm weak. I'm desperate. I'm almost dead here. What's one good word to sum up everything David just said? I'm despairing. I'm in despair. Are you there? If we had a card, I just sat in your seat and you had to check it. Despair or delight? Which one would you check, right? Are you there? Does this describe you? Verse 16. For dogs encompass me. A company of evildoers encircle me. They've pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. And for my clothing they cast lots. He's saying, they've taken it all from me. My safety, my comfort, my wealth. It's all gone. And then he cries out in verse 19. But you, O Lord, do not be far off. O you, my help, come quickly to my aid. Deliver my soul from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me from the mouth of the lion. And then hold up. Everything changes at the end of this verse. Look at what it says. You have rescued me from the horns of the wild oxen. Or another way, you have answered me from the horns of the wild oxen. From what? I have no indication in this scripture right here. There's no indication that all of a sudden from what David wants deliverance, there's deliverance. There's there's no indication here. He doesn't stop and say, save me from the mouth of the lion. Oh, wait, yeah, you did. You, You got me away from Saul. I'm good. Never mind. Psalm over, right? I don't get that. So what did he save him from? What in the world did he save him from? I think he saves him from verse 14 and 15. I think he saved him from despair, from despair. Are you in need of being saved from despair this morning? Let's look at how the Lord did it with David. Look, continuing verse 22, the first thing David did is David praised God. I will tell of your name to my brothers. In the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you offspring of Jacob, glorify him and stand in awe of him. All you offspring of Israel. One of the the things that we do when we get in these times of despair is is we don't look up where do we look straight down i look down and 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 i look around just like david did and i'm i'm encircled all right there's no safety here lord there's nothing there's my, my my heart is like wax my bones are out of joint everywhere i look i just see enemies and i just see danger right and so he's looking down what's the first thing he does to be saved from despair he looks up he finally looks up god's unchanging God's not off his throne. His love hasn't changed. His grace hasn't dried up. He's still holy. He's still sovereign. He's still powerful. You want to be saved from despair? Look up. David prays. The second thing David did, look at verse 24. David remembered. For he has not despised or abhorred the uh, uh, the affliction of the afflicted, 
And he has not hidden his face from him, but has heard when he cried to him. So David remembers. God doesn't ignore the brokenhearted. In fact, God's close to him. I remember that. So God starts to, or David starts to remember the faithfulness of God. This is why community is so important to us. When we are hurting, I don't know about you, but when I'm hurting, what I want to do is I want to go away. I don't want anyone around me. I just want to revert back into myself. Just leave me alone, right? And I don't think that's the way the Lord designed it. The Lord's designed us to encourage one another. So when we're around other believers and we can be reminded of the Lord's faithfulness. You heard that today. Those people who just bore their souls to us this morning and shared what the Lord's been doing in them. You experience the Lord's faithfulness right there. You got another testimony after testimony after testimony. And guess what? That testimony, that's ammo right there. That's ammo for delight right there. As you're in those dark times, you remember how good God is. But he doesn't feel good. You remember that he's good. Feelings are fickle. Truth is not. You remember his faithfulness. So David looked up and, and praised God. David looked around and remembered God. And what was the result? Look at verse 25. From you comes my praise in the great congregation. My vows I'll perform before those who fear him. Look at verse 26. The afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him shall praise the Lord. May your hearts live forever. What's the result of praising God and remembering the faithfulness of God in the middle of affliction? Is it that your affliction goes away? I don't, I don't think so. Verse Verse 26 says, the afflicted shall eat and be satisfied. It didn't say the afflicted shall eat and no longer be afflicted. Does it mean your affliction will go away? No. But what does it mean? The afflicted shall eat and what? Be satisfied. Be satisfied. In the middle of that affliction, the satisfaction of the Lord Jesus will restore you. Look at verse 26. Look at the end. May your hearts live forever. That's quite different from verse 14. My heart is like wax and it's melted within me. And then he says down here, I've been satisfied. I've looked at the Lord and I am satisfied. And though I am afflicted, my heart will live forever. It's a little bit different, isn't it? So we praise the Lord, look up, we look around, we remember the Lord. And we will be satisfied by the Lord. And to finish out the psalm, the Lord will use your song of delight, turning your despair into delight to save others from that despair. Look at verse 27. All the ends of the earth shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nation shall worship before you. For kingship belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth eat and worship. Before him shall bow all who go down to the dust, even the one who could not keep himself alive. Posterity shall serve him. It shall be told of the Lord to the coming generation. They shall come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, that he has done it. The Lord will use your song of delight to save others from despair. So look to the Lord. I, I want to read you just, just real quick a, a verse of, of Paul, something Paul said, someone who was in the middle of affliction, and he's, he's living this out. He's been satisfied by the Lord. Listen to this. 
Uh, not that I'm speaking of being in need. For, for I've learned in, in whatever situation I'm to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul has a choice. He says, I've had plenty. I've had nothing. I've been hungry and I've been full. Right? And he says, I'm content. I'm satisfied. How? Through Christ. I'm not going to despair. I'm going to delight. Here's one of the coolest things about all this. How can Jesus so uniquely bring us satisfaction and comfort in the middle of our affliction? Why Jesus? Why Him? Why can He do it? What's so unique about Him? Look back at Psalm 22, verse 16. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircle me. They've pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them. And from my clothing they cast lots. Who's that talking about? Jesus. Jesus says, I know what you're feeling. I've been there. They pierced my hands and my feet. Hey, David, you know how you're surrounded? I was surrounded. You know how you feel that, that, that you're at the mercy of their hands? I was too. They, they mocked me. They, they wrote me off. They killed me. I know exactly how you're feeling. And I will still bring you satisfaction. I will satisfy. That's what the Lord says to you today. So, so if you're in the valley of despair, can I get cheesy on it? If you're despairing, look up. Look up. Praise the Lord. Your situation may have changed. The Lord hasn't. Look up. Look around and remember His faithfulness. Remember how good He is. And you will taste and see he is good. I'm not saying your affliction will go away. But you'll be satisfied in the middle of it. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for the example of your servant David. And Lord, I thank you that I don't serve a high priest who can't relate and can't understand and can't sympathize with where I am. I, I serve a high priest who knows who suffered as I suffer. So Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for your tenderness and your grace. Lord, I ask that you would be near to the brokenhearted today. Which I, I know you love to do it. You said it in your word. You love to be near to the brokenhearted, to comfort them, to hold them in your arms. I ask you to do that this morning. We love you. We thank you for loving us. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.